Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Ashlyn Sullivan, Joe Fordyce, Al Morganti here with you breaking down the first round of the NHL draft and the Flyers' two selections at 7 and 22. It is a late evening, 10.30, and the Flyers selecting Matej Michkov at the seventh overall pick. He's a Russian winger and signed right now in the Continental Hockey League through the 2025 season. But an excellent shot, Al. Let's get right to it and break down the seventh overall pick. Some people calling this a franchise altering choice, but but you get the confusion of him staying through 2025, but it seems like he certainly has the talent. Yeah, Ashlyn, if you look at it, you might not have won the Bedard lottery, but you came pretty darn close in just terms of raw talent with this guy. <clears throat> um, you know, as much as we say we know we, we just take the word of a lot of scouts a lot of players whomever uh, not many of us have seen many games but from all intents and purposes you look at numbers he's racked up numbers that are that exceed Ovechkin as a kid that exceed anybody that's ever played over there so in my mind they got the second best talent in the draft uh, so they worked pretty hard to do it they convinced uh, they convinced themselves that this is a solid pick and, of course, there's risk involved in dealing with uh, a league over there uh, that you just don't know what's going to happen beyond hockey. Uh, but I think well worth the risk when you look at where the Flyers are right now. Right. And, Joe, when, when you think about it and, and say he is there through 2025, it kind of fits the strategy of the Flyers right now, this rebuilding strategy that they now have three seasons to figure out what they want to do with this roster in time for this offensive firepower to come to Philadelphia. Right, and you have Cutter Gauthier, who is going to play another season in college. So you're you're building for a few years down the road, and we all knew that's what it was going to take. And, you know, I don't know that everybody wants to hear that, but at least the message is consistent. And it has been all along, ever since Danny Briere and Jonesy took over the operation, the message has been – you know, we're going to do this the right way, but it's – and Tortorella stressed it last year, even before uh, Jonesy and Briere were in – you know, were in at the controls. It was – it. you know, this is not going to happen overnight. Um, so that falls right in line. Um, I, I guess the, the, the risk part of it is, it, you know, it's a little dicey. I mean, we saw what happened with Artemi Panarin with the Rangers a few years ago when he had – or maybe that was last year. I can't remember. Sometime in the last two seasons, he had to take a leave from the Rangers because of the family concerns with Russia. I mean, you you just don't know what's going to happen and the political nature of what is goes on with that country. It's always a question mark. So 
But you can't argue with the talent, as Al said. I mean, the only reason I think that he fell to the Flyers at seven is because of those type of concerns. And so, you know, that's if – you, if you got a franchise-altering player seventh in the draft, um, that is a pretty special pick and a pretty um, – I would say medium risk, high reward pick by the Flyers. And, you know, at this point in time, you, you have to aim high. And if they thought that was the best talent on the board, then – there you go. I mean, when I was looking at the board, I was thinking Ryan Leonard. I had mentioned Ryan Leonard on this podcast last week. I got sucked in by the Matthew Kachuk comparisons and Mark Stone and the recency buy with the Mark Stone winning the you know uh, um, most valuable player of the playoffs this with Vegas this year. And you kind of get start to imagine what that l- would look like for a Flyers team. So. I think I was kind of expecting him to go with Leonard, but you know, you it seemed like you couldn't go wrong with either player at that point. Obviously, Leonard goes next to the Capitals right after uh, the Flyers pick. Right. And now, when you think about the three-year mark, Danny Breer, general manager, said it himself last week in his pre-draft availability that he's really not worried about next season or, frankly, two seasons from now. The Flyers are just in a position where they need more high-end talent a lot of it. And this just kind of seems to start that momentum where you can't really worry about timelines. You just need, frankly, more good players. Yeah. How many times have we done post game and we just said, you know, where are the hands? I mean, you know, how, you know, how they eat their meal without hands. It's one of those things, you know, where are you shoot out? How are you going to get a goal? Who's going to be the game breaker? And this is, this is a kid that would be a game breaker. I don't know about the three years as much as uh, it's risky one way. I, I just don't even know. What's going to happen? I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow it's two years. Something you know, you just don't know. You're dealing with that unknown. Uh, to me, the 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 um, the real breakthrough in this was the fact that we just saw what they did with the Provorov trade. It was very convoluted, very complex. Took a lot of work. I think the fact that they somehow managed to get a couple of face to face meetings with this kid was really important. I, I think it was important that everybody knew the skills that they had. But to be able to actually see what he was about, so to speak, um, to go way beyond analytics, kind of look into his eyes and say, what, you know, is this worth the, is this character worth the risk? And then the brief, the brief interview that we saw at the draft, he really seemed anxious uh, and wanting to come to Philadelphia. So I give him full marks for getting to the player a couple of times, which is not easy, getting to him. And then getting a good read on him that you felt comfortable doing this and somehow not letting Washington jump up. And, uh, you know, the, the hockey gods were good that Arizona did what they did, which was shocking to me, um, to give you a chance to get either, you know, this player or Joe's choice, Leonard's. You had kind of had your choice there. And I think on, on balance, if you really looked at it, say if you had those two players to pick from and you were and you felt comfortable after meeting with him that he was going to come over and play, I think it was an easy choice. Right. And it was on the ESPN broadcast where Joe Danny Breer said that Mitch Cobb basically convinced the Flyers that he was the guy and this is something he always wanted to play for this team. And 
Danny was very honest that after those meetings, it was clear that Mitchkov, it was only the Flyers. Yeah, and then I think right after that, they were talking about how the Flyers are a worldwide brand, which I found to be interesting when you consider this pick and the messaging by the new hierarchy about returning the Flyers to what they once were. And I think that worldwide brand is exactly what they mean by, you know, get going back, getting them back to where they kind of the stature that they were once at. And, um, you know, th- this will go a long way. I mean, if this kid turns into a star for this team, that's certainly going to have, uh, you know, massive appeal. Um, and, you know, I, this so far, I think you can't really argue with much that Danny Briere uh, has done. Um, you know, the, the Kevin Hayes trade could, it seemed like it could have been bigger, but, you know, a few things got in the way. Tory Krug didn't want to waive his no movement clause and things like that. And we all think that, uh, at least I th- presume we all think there's going to be more moves down the, down the pike here. And, um, you know, but to me, I, I would say, a. Aside from the the talent they got with the number seven pick, and then of course with Oliver Bonk, you have the the NHL pedigree with his father Radic, who played almost a thousand games in this league. A big takeaway of mine, and Al, I'm curious what you think about this too, is that there were no trades. I think one of the last things I expected to happen tonight was them to just come in and pick at seven and twenty-two, and I don't what. I'm not sure if you felt the same, Al, but there just seemed to be a lot of smoke and then no fire in terms of all of the trade discussion. Yeah, I sort of thought they were going to have to move up to get this kid. I was pretty convinced that this was the kid they had in their sights because of the meetings they had with him. <clears throat> so I, I thought they were going to have to move up. Um, I don't I guess they I presume they did their homework somehow on what was going to fall in front of them um, that fell the way that it did. So. I was a little bit surprised at that, but beyond the Flyers, there, there really was no action uh, in this round. I'm assuming then now the next round, perhaps more, and as they head toward free agency on Canada Day, there, you know, maybe uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of movement. But uh, but like you, I thought, oh, something could happen. I actually thought now oh, they're gonna have to do something to make sure that if they if they convince themselves they want him, that's that's what I'm. You know, you can never know that. But I have to think they had a pretty good idea of how this was going to go, uh, that they didn't have to move up and, and move. I know they didn't want to move a draft pick, but I, I think they liked this kid enough. They would have been tempted. Yeah. And it's time to rush to new rewards at Rivers Casino. Now there's a whole new way for you to earn, redeem, and level up your rewards. Get your new Rush Rewards card and get more out of your game at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Al, Joe mentioned it, and I think we should maybe discuss it a little more at length, is the Kevin Hayes trade of the St. Louis Blues to get a 2024 six-round pick and the Flyers keeping 50% of Kevin Hayes' salary. And we saw the Twitter freak out and and fans saying, that's all you got for Kevin Hayes. But I know this was definitely something where we all thought Kevin Hayes most likely wasn't going to be with the Flyers next season. And you kind of had to get what you could get for him at this point, right? Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm surprised. I was surprised that he got traded. I thought they were going to have to buy him out. 
And that was the only alternative. Part of the deal here is, and I, I like John Tortorella as a coach, and I like where the organization is, his demands. The downside of John Tortorella as a coach, if it's a downside, and perhaps it isn't even a downside, is that if he's decided as a coach that you're not going to play, you ain't going to play. And it puts management in a tough spot because everybody on the, everybody in the hockey world knew Kevin Hayes ain't going to play and D'Angelo's not going to play. So now you're left with how are we going to move this person there? Everybody knows that that's not going to happen. So, and if you, Danny did a couple of smart things here. If you noticed in his uh, language all the time when talking about Hayes, he always called him a centerman, which is worth more. And he is a centerman, but he wasn't going to play center for John Tortorella. <laughs> and it devalues you to, to then be the winger there. So, I mean, Danny did a good job kind of pumping that up a little bit. And just to get anything, look, the, a lot of leagues have turned into this. It's, to, to be honest, it's almost like divorce. You're going to have to buy your way. You're going to have to buy your way out a little bit. You're going to have to get somebody to, 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 to deal with, to take the ex-spouse off your hands. And that's basically what's happened in, in a lot of leagues, not just, not, not just uh, the NHL, just it's money that you're dealing with. So they're going to have to retain some of the money. I, I don't understand how fans could be that say, Oh, you only got a six. Well, it, really, I didn't think they were going to get anything. I actually thought they're going to be forced to buy them out. Right. So six round pick is better for that reason. All right, let's get yeah. to the second pick or Joe, do you have something about Kevin? Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I was surprised to hear they would take half of a salary because as you said, Al, it's almost like someone holding a hand of cards and they have nothing but everybody can see they have nothing, but yet they're still there trying to tell you that they have something. And be, the Tortorella factor puts the hand out on the table. Yeah. It really does. I mean, he showed you late in the year, not, not even late in the year, but started in the middle of the year, that this guy's just not my kind of player. And, you know, Kevin didn't hide it in talking to the media. He, he knew the message that was sent to him. He said it on his exit interview so everyone knew this was coming down the pike. And so, I mean, I think the fact that you got the word yes from another team is when people ask, did they get enough? To me, the word yes is enough because then you don't buy them out, as you mentioned. And beyond that, I don't know how you could be um, – miffed in any way that they got a sixth round pick and retained half the salary. Right. All right, guys, let's get to the 22nd pick. The Flyers select Oliver Bonk. He's a right-handed shooting defenseman. That was an area that was a little weak, and they're adding to that. Al, what did you think of this pick? Well, make me feel older than I am again because I've covered his dad for <laughs> so many years in this league. Actually made me feel as old as I am. I couldn't be much older. And uh, – it was a, you know, he's a solid defenseman from all reports. It's a two-way defenseman, which is what they need. And if you want to build an organization, you have to build the defense. The, the, um, the, the, the pity of this is it's for a lot of fans, like we've gone through this before, Sandheim, Proverb. It looked like we built those people, and now it was false hope. Well, you have to hope this isn't false hope. I like the fact, obviously, as Joe mentioned, he's got a pedigree in the league, so you know what it takes. 
Um, I don't think he's a flashy kind of a player. I think he's more going to be a solid two-way guy if it, if it all works out. So you, you, you load up on defensemen. Uh, I got to think with that pedigree, he's going to play in the league. Um, how, how high a ceiling it is, I have, I have no idea. But I know that if you're serious about rebuilding, you better get that defense built up. Yeah, and I think um, I do think that they were going to take a defenseman with one of these top two picks, and if if um, David Reinbacker would have would have fell to them at seven, maybe that's the direction they go. If if you know if things would have fallen differently, I, he was the top defenseman on the board, and um, you know we talked about him at length last week on this podcast or or the other day, and um, you know. So they had to go defenseman with this later pick. And, um, you know, at, at this point, I don't think when you're building as the Flyers are, you don't need flash on the back end. I mean, at this point, you're looking at – when you look at their back end, they traded Provorov already. I think everyone thinks D'Angelo will be out of here um, at, once it hits that year mark um, because it seems like it would have already happened if it was past the full year of him – coming to the Flyers from Carolina um, by free agency. So um, there's two guys out. And, and you know, for, if you believe what you read, uh, Travis Sandheim's been dangled in trades. So, I mean, this is a defense core that's really, really in flux. I mean, it's Cam York, it's Rasmus Ristolainen. And beyond that, I'm not really sure what we're looking at. And then when you look at their depth in their organization, not just the Flyers, but right-hand defenseman, I mean, after Ronnie Adderd, you're looking really thin. And um, so they needed to they need to address that too because, you know, it's – a lot of this – a lot of this building is not just about names and guys that are going to be here right away. It's about depth. Um, you see the teams that win. They have depth. Guys they can go to. Injuries happen. Guys come up. Uh, guys fill in, guys play up in the lineup. And um, so when when you're a team like the Flyers that needs as much as they, they do, uh, you have to look at weaknesses in your organization as a whole. And I think they did that with this 22nd pick, and I think they satisfied a big need. Agreed, guys. And quickly, before I let you go, the Flyers have eight picks remaining tomorrow. They have no second rounder, but two third rounders out. What do you think still the biggest need the Flyers need to address tomorrow? I think it'll be just like Joe said, depth, getting players to uh, to, to uh, develop. Uh, we've already seen the change up top and the development of people that are going to lead the development of players. I think they'll get some input into what kind of player that they want. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make a move when you have a lot of young players you do want veterans around that they can follow and i know it'll help Couturier, atkinson come back but maybe another um the the, the difficulty there is some players and you can't blame them at a certain point don't want to go to a place where there's no chance of getting your name on a cup uh, or for that matter maybe get making the playoffs uh so it's a difficult challenge to get that leader or the uh, guy that's going to set some kind of a model in your locker room. And generally that's a guy with this coach, maybe that's played for him before that wants to be part of that or, or, or a guy very deep in his career. So I think, I think you'll get some movement there uh, to get a better a couple of veteran players to come in and, and help that development. 
Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's um, a lot more to come. Um, and maybe we see more of that activity that we kind of alluded to here. Maybe we see it starting with the later round picks, maybe some players involved. But, um, you know, we have five more rounds tomorrow and then free agency coming right down the pike. So I think there will be a lot of uh, – a lot of negotiating, a lot of moving going on over the next week or so here. And, uh, you know, that's what we all expect. And, you know, the hierarchy of this team hasn't really minced words when it's come to talking about that. So, I mean, John Tortorella has been talking about it since, I don't know, 10 games into the season last year about guys that are going to move and guys that aren't going to you know, they have to determine the guys that aren't going to be here, aren't going to fit into this. And, uh, you know, I think those they're working their way down the list, um, you know, with Hayes and obviously the D'Angelo move seems like it's just a, a wait until it can be made type of thing. And, you know, I it'll be busy. I know that. Yes. Who's going to be on the Flyers bus? Never forget it. <laughs> yes, that was the uh, yes that that's the, the famous quote. I will say I will say Ashton. I thought there were a couple around the league, a couple of big surprises in this draft, and I'm sure. First off, Leo Carlson going second. I think everyone assumed that Adam Fantilli was the second pick. I mean, it was wasn't talked about as certain as Bedard, but it was talked about almost in those terms. So I was surprised by that. And then the fact that Zach uh, Benson fell all the way to Buffalo um, with pick 13. I, those were a couple of things that stood out to me, Al. I'm not sure if anything else uh, jumped out to you. Well, the um, six pick jumped out to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, that's another one. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that, gave I the think... Flyers a, that gave the Flyers a choice of the two really good players. I was stunned. I really, and I, I know on TV they didn't make that much of it. They, they did seem a little bit spread. I was like, what, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, this is, you gotta be kidding me. What did you, what did you pay these people to do this? <laughs> yeah. You gotta wonder what the odds were. The odds were for, uh, for Michkov not to be the first Russian taken in this draft had to be crazy because everyone just assumed it was him. And then the other thing I'll mention is, and you know, uh, the Fantilli thing. We've talked a lot about how Columbus is in rebuild mode, but their re rebuild, they seem to have the pedal to the floor. And I think Fantilli fits right into this speed rebuild. They signed Johnny Gaudreau before last season. They have Zach Wierenski coming back. They now they get Fantilli. I mean that that team could look scary in a few years, and um, you know the Flyers could be staring down this uh, uh, gauntlet of young talent that they're stacking up there. So that's uh, that's another thing that stood out to me because of the them being in the Flyers division. That's um, some scary prospects when you look at what the Blue Jackets could look like a few years down the road here. Yes, an exciting night tonight and an exciting day tomorrow. The Flyers still have eight picks remaining, no second rounder. So we'll see if there's any movement there, any trades Possibly tomorrow, we're going to break it all down again tomorrow for Joe Fordyce and Al Morgani. I am Ashlyn Sullivan. That is another episode of Flyers Talk. We will see you tomorrow.
Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com/internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.